Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts, Jordana Osman, here with my friend, Chavruta and Gordon. Our dot today, Masach Beta Dap Lam Gimel, page 33. Well, we have about a week until our Siam. Uh, the registration link is out. Please register. Please let us know if you would like to share a few words of Torah. We know everybody's still getting back to Acharei HaChagim. Uh, so we promise this will, you know, sort of be a short and sweet uh, Siam. We hope to have something special planned for Masachat Rosh Hashanah, which is our upcoming Masachat. And we look forward to seeing all of you in a week. Bezrat Hashem. Um, so I want to start this stuff actually with a question. And there's an interesting piece here, Drash Rava. So this is about halfway down in Amud Aleph. Rava gives the following teaching. A woman cannot enter a storehouse of wood in order to basically take from them a firebrand. That's what an oud is, translates as, which is basically like a piece of wood that was partially burnt um, that you would use for turning over wood in a bonfire because this piece of, you know, and the reason for this is because this wood wasn't made into a clea the day before and it's therefore considered to be muksa. And a firebrand that broke right? You cannot kindle with it on a Yom Tov. Because when one kindles fire with vessels, you can't kindle with, uh, like, uh, with, uh, you, the ain't, sorry, I didn't finish reading the whole thing. You can't kindle with shards. And so the firebrand, this oud, was considered to be a vessel before it broke. And when it's once it's broken, it's considered to be the shards. You can't use the shards. The question here, and that you and I discussed, which we I don't know that we have a great answer for, is why is it specifically ishalo tikanes? Why does he specifically say a woman? Right? Other cases where we have, we just say like, you know, a person can't do this. Basically, it doesn't have a specific man or woman pronoun. You know, just saying like lowly kanes, low, like don't do this, don't do that. But here specifically says isha. The only thing that I can think of is, is that obviously the kindling of wood was done for cooking and probably most of the cooking was done by women. So therefore the more common thing to happen would be that a woman would have searched this out in order to make her fire to prepare food on Yom Tov. And that's why Rabbi sort of cites specifically in Isha. But I don't have necessarily good you know, explanation. Would be curious to hear from our co-learners if they have any ideas about this. Yeah, and the the relatively brief Rishonim did not shed light. Right. They may not have been puzzled with this. Again, because I think it's probably more about who typically did the kindling. And so that's why he specifically cited a woman. Um, I'm now going to move down to the Mishnah that's on this tab. Rabbi Eliezer, So Rabbi Eliezer says that on a Chag, on a Yom Tov, a person can remove a sliver meaning a small piece of wood, basically from like a straw or something like that, that's before him in order to clean his teeth. So in other words, you can use it as a toothpick. He also can take straw that sort of is just in his courtyard, in his chatzar, and light it. Because he considers anything that is in his courtyard is sort of prepared. In other words, it's not muksa. It's assumed anything that's in your courtyard, even if it's scattered and not in a pile, the assumption is it's something that you would have used. The rabbis say he can basically 
collect, you know, these materials, these things that he wants to use to light a fire from things that are performed in his house, because that clearly means they were there to be used and like them. But things in his courtyard, right, the, you still have to walk around, collect it. It takes a little bit more effort. So it's not clear that he necessarily had in mind to use it. So maybe it's still considered to be muksa. So Chacham say he can't. But then the Mishnah says, Ein Right? You are not allowed to start a fire from wood, right? Like you would rub wood against each other or from stones, right? Like always those pictures of cavemen. Nor from uh, dirt or from tiles. Or from water. Right, the in malbinim etarifaim etarafim litzlobaham, and you also can't whiten tiles, sort of with very very hot heat, in order to roast upon them afterwards. So in other words, you would heat the tiles up, and then you could put the food on them to cook. So giving some halachot, and again, always so interesting. I probably would have started with this clause, right? How are you not allowed to start a fire, um, as opposed to like what wood can you collect or not collect? or things like that. But, you know, I'm sort of used to this now, having learned as much as we have of the dot. Oh, but also I feel like, you know, when you're collecting it, that's going to be the before you're ready to pr- produce the fire, right? Like, I think that's like the the logical order of first you have to get your your kindling together. I don't know. This one, this time it didn't, it didn't strike me as odd. What did strike me as odd is the Gemara on this Mishnah. Because the Gemara begins, it says, Amar of Yehuda, so it starts off talking about the animal fodder, right? Like, but if you look back in the Mishnah, it's not really ever talking about animal fodder, right? It's meaning it might be that same, those same um, materials, straw, branches, whatever, but it's not in that purpose, in that function. So again, Amar Yehuda, so he says it's not you don't have any concern about preparing a clee, which I guess maybe is some of the I guess the implication is that that's the underlying concern in the Mishnah, but it's not explicit at all. And then the Gemara, rather than tying it into the Mishnah, we've got an objection from Rav Kahana on Rav Yehuda. Rav Kahana Rav Yehuda, he says, what are you talking about? We have a brighter that talks about the you can handle um the wood of a spice tree if you want to smell it or if you want to you know help a sick person it's gonna i don't know pr- provide some awakening aroma something like that it's gonna heal them well and i've been um if you're gonna crush it to get the fragrance out of it and then you can smell it meaning the point is here you've got branches that are coming from the spice tree, that in fact you can do something from them, that wouldn't that perhaps be the implication that you're making a clee? And yet again, this is still not connected to what you've read in the Mishnah at all. The Gemara here goes on, you can't cut it. Like if you have a branch that has the smell from a spice tree, you can do all this, but you cannot cut the branch from the tree in order to get um, the tree or the branch itself to uh you know give off this fragrance and if you did cut it then you're exempt from bringing a korban or a punishment but it was still a sword to do it right it's still a prohibited act and if you 
if your whole purpose was you want to clean your teeth, I mean, you're getting, now maybe we can say this is connected to the mission because we're talking about a very small piece, right? You're going to clean your teeth with it. You still can't cut it. And if you did cut it, then that purpose of, let's say, for cleaning your teeth would be considered you are chayav chatat because there you're, you're, the violation is a different issue as opposed to saying that you're going to cut this wood of the spice tree, which might otherwise be used as animal fodder. And this is an example of a case where you would be prohibited to cut it. Blah, blah, blah. Brings us, I'm, I'm saying blah, blah, blah facetiously. It brings us back to Rav Yehuda, who's talking about the animal fodder, which again is not really what's going on in the mission, meaning the mission is talking about different kinds of branches, I guess, kindling, whatever, but it's in a different context. I find it very strange that there's like virtually no connection as commentary on the Mishnah or that we need to darshan to get there, right? Like to, to figure out how the Mishnah is connected to this Gemara. That's usually beyond what you need to do when the Gemara is commenting on the Mishnah. So I think maybe part of the reason here is these Mishnayos really read as just like a series of sort of like very individual halachot and cases. They're not sort of like broad definitional cases. Like when I'm thinking back to like Shabbat, part of a Reuven, there was a lot more to unpack with each individual Mishnah. And I'm finding that it's less so here. Sort of really well, just giving like... Yeah, like for this, it's this. For this, it's that. But there's not like foundational halachic principles being discussed here. Okay. There are. There's a lot of it around, but revolves around muksa. But it's really just about, it's not discussing the concept of muksa. It's more just like, right. you know, Rabbi Eliezer Oltz is this muksa, not muksa, this is muksa. We move on to the next case. Now Rabbi, now Rabbi Huda is going to come back to Rav Kahana. Amr hashta patur v'lasura kakashale so Rev Yehuda says to Rev Kahana, meaning the moment you said that you have a case here of Patur of Asur, you've got a problem for his claim that you have no issue of making a kli. Why do you need to go to the case of the Chayav of the Chiyuv Chatat? Right? It should be enough to say you've got a case of Patur of Asur. That means it's prohibited. That doesn't mean it's fine. So he, he says, really, you have to understand that, like, don't take this at face value, right? Rather, they were talking about hard pieces of wood, kikashin, um, like beams. Kashin b'nei melila nino. So then the Gemara says, like, are we really talking about hard branches that are going to be crushed by hand because you're trying to get the scent out, right? So if it's, if it's so hard, how much can you really be crushing it? Are they really even talking about the same you know, um, item in terms of what is going to be acceptable, the animal fodder, let's say, and what is going to be acceptable in terms of, or, or patur of, of alasur, not acceptable in terms of the smell. So the Gemara answers, this whole case, this business here is written, it's an incomplete teaching. So it says, instead, read it this way. So if you're talking about the wood of a spice tree, you can crush it, you can smell it, you can cut it, you can smell it. What is this case? What are we talking about? So this whole distinction between the softwood and the hardwood, the Gemara here says that should have been in the Brighton to begin with. It, it, it needed to be in that text. And so here's the correction to that text. In fact, we're going to distinguish between softwood where it's permitted and hardwood where it's not. 
And the hardwood is where you get the case of Patur of Alasor. You want to use a toothpick. And now the reading of the whole thing, A, you can say that Rev Yehuda's position is still acceptable, like within the scheme of it. It's not really a kasha in Rev, um, Rev Yehuda until you get to the hardwood. Um, and the softwood is going to be, it, it kind of lines up better. Um, okay, the Gemara does go on here. It does continue to talk about the distinction between hard and soft wood, uh, but it is more, even more further afield, more for, more distant, let's put it that way, for better English, more distant from the Mishnah. Um, I find it, I find the case in itself fair and, and you know, responsible discussion and interesting. I find the fact that he does not seem to connect to the Mishnah puzzling. I mean, I, I accept your, your explanation, Yardina. I just, you know, having the answer doesn't doesn't remove the question. It's a way to understand it. So I guess we have a doubt with a lot of questions. Why the specific case of Yusha? Why, you know, the this, you know, comment of the Gemara after this Mishnah? Um, wondering if anybody out there has some better answers than we came up with. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Rabbanit Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadra website. Let us know what you thought about this DAP on our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.